Hey folks, welcome into Pro Football Ireland. Hey, happy Friday for listening to this. Hope you're getting on well. Another Friday down. We're three weeks to the college game in Dublin, I think. Have I got my mathematics correct? Uh, and Mark Hogan, welcome in. We are a mere matter of days away from two meetups, one in Dublin with Christian Scotland Williamson, former Steelers player, and then one that Sunday with Jason Bell in a theatre in Belfast. Who on earth let us hire a theatre, Mark? <laughs> Jeez. That's so funny. Yeah, no, it's um it's scary. It's absolutely scary. Um it was nice. Are you wrecking yourself? Yeah. Yeah, one hundred percent. I am. I'm hoping that I'm sick that day and I can get out of this. No, it's genuinely. It's it's super exciting. I have um, my girlfriend's family is coming over from America that weekend. It's complete coincidence, of course. I wasn't uh, trying to toot my own horn to them. Hey, look at what uh, what I do in my uh, spare time, or whatever. <laughs> but it, it is nice to be able to see where the podcast has gotten to. To say that there is massive numbers coming, which I've. I have said to you behind the scenes, I think we can, or I can announce it to you here, but it's like unofficially, but I think this must be the biggest NFL gathering outside of the NFL Dublin event that was held in what, 2018, 2017? That's absolutely massive. No, it, 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 I think it is, you know, and well, obviously bar, I know Neil Reynolds and the guys done the Jaguars one in the same venue, actually, um, around a month ago, uh, Look, the hope would be to get Neil over as well at some point, folks, in case people are wondering, you know, we want to keep doing this, making it bigger. I appreciate your help, Mark, with this whole Belfast crack. I think it's going to be a great night. Um, and I've spoke to, like, you know, there's loads of lads, especially in Belfast, uh, Belfast Trojans, Knights players, Cowboys lads, Vipers, uh, Andrew Jets, and, I'm, you know, I'm going to say I've missed one team, the Cosby Giants as well, lads, apologies, but I know lads, even in the South as well, are going to come up. Uh, if you're in Dublin and you're considering it, there's trains on the hour every hour or else Mark or our videographer can give you enough time. It's uh, at the time of recording, there's like 180 people are coming, which is scary, but we can promise it's going to be a good night's crack. I know Jason's really excited for it as well, but more so as well, Mark, like that night with Christian on the Thursday, a few days before that, is it's more intimate. There's up to 80 people maximum and it's it's already half gone. And it's I think it's going to be as good as the, the best sort of crack as well because you know, Christian... Is going to be able to tell, to tell us about his journey as well, you know, and it's not just about that, it's previewing the season as well, you know. Yeah, it's a cool guy. I only talked to him briefly last year in London, but he's a cool guy. And like you're saying, it's casual, you know, the other one is definitely on a big stage and you're kind of sit down looking like it's almost like a cinema or whatever. So, you know, the Thursday night is kind of a bit of crack, or that's what I'm telling myself at least. I'm so uh, f- focused on worrying about how crazy that Sunday night is going to be, but. It's like that that Thursday is not the warm-up by any stretch. It's great to be doing it in Dublin. I haven't been in the wall shed for one of these events before. I missed the one in February because we were packing for the Super Bowl the next day, which was absolutely insane in itself. But yeah, and yeah, again, like we've bumped into fans as well over the last few weeks. And I think that's the best part about it, that when I've been in the wall shed for games, it's you can talk to anyone and they will talk to you about anything NFL-wise because the fans that we have not just of this podcast but of NFL in Ireland are super knowledgeable and like I know if you're listening to this you know that but it is class everyone loves bumping in I think of um, our friend Shane Langton at the NFL, or at the 4th of July party and he was there with his partner his wife and we stole him away for 30 minutes just because we hadn't been able to talk football with another Irish person in person like that for a few weeks and uh, yeah you'll just have that galore in Dublin and Belfast really excited for it and this is not a plug folks you know it's a Friday if you got paid today or if you suddenly find yourself with a few <laughs> shows 
caught, caught one up. And I'm saying this now because this is this is a big thing, big undertaking. We we're very excited for it, so we we, we appreciate everyone's support. And, and honest to God, it makes a massive difference for us. If this works out, I think everyone knows that come the Super Bowl time, come January, February time, there will be at least two big nights minimum. Limerick two big nights over the next few weeks uh, and months uh, coming into that date so I'm very excited for it check out our social channels for a link and please God we'll see you there um, right back to normality for a wee minute I'm very excited for that I'm not going to lie we're going back uh, our second and final edition I think for now we'll probably come back to this next week this is just like a podcast thing now Mark's Madness um, we need to make t-shirts for that on it how are the t-shirt designs coming along, Mark, before we started? Good. Have you, have you got any more ideas yet since we were last chatting? Oh, wow. It's so funny. There's been stuff that was done maybe two months ago that now I'm having to pull out of a folder that I have saved on my computer because it's saying you don't use these files anymore. Do you want to delete them? And it's like, oh, this is the design that I was looking at. You know what I'm saying? It's like there's stuff there for the season that we're going to be using. Now, there's one or two designs. We need to just figure out how to get it onto a t-shirt in a cost-effective way because there's no way we're charging 50 euro to people for a t-shirt because it char- it costs 49.99 to be made some of these so that's the only um headache that i'm having with them really but this yeah i i, I think it would be um cool if irish people were able to have that mix of irishness and the nfl you know watch this space folks uh chief designer there i literally self appointed them right there in the podcast like we are recording this i'm just going to openly say it, mark the week before because i thought it would be a good idea to have a training camp facility for myself in Corfu in Greece and hopefully please God everyone works out there as if a gamble that however we're, I'm saying that because we're going to talk about quite a timely topic and I'm sure it'll still be a timely topic come Friday the 2nd or 3rd of August Mark and that is the running back position and that's why I've said about the time element because you know you, you look at Saquon and what's happened with him in New York and we we don't know if that's going to be rectified before the start of the before the state or before the start of the season. I'm sure it'll be rectified before the start of the season. But uh, the running back position has come under so much scrutiny, so much discussion over the last few weeks. And I don't believe that it's a fact of, oh, there's nothing else to talk about. Let's talk about this position. The reality is these boys are being absolutely shafted. You've got guys like Saquon Barkley, for example, like I know there's different situations on in the background here, but Dalton Cookstall has not been signed at the time of recording. I know there are different elements there that may stop him from being signed. I'm not singling him out, but there are different players that are still willing to be signed or maybe are not getting the value that they deserve. In Ezekiel Elliott. Ezekiel Elliott, of course, and no one are lucky he'll sign out of a 20 past 10 tonight after this podcast has been recorded. <laughs> but these are guys that, Mark, that are that are worth more than what they're getting, but more so it's way beyond that now. It's it's beyond this, and it goes to the path of now where you look at teams, it's it's draft the high end running back or mid to low in, or yeah, hell, a free agent running or, or a, non, a non-drafted non running back in, in the draft. And then, you know, use them over the few years, try and, try and strike gold. And whenever you've had three or four years and be in the bell cut, don't pay them at all, get rid of them and then they don't get the money that they deserve in other markets. I think that's an absolute disgrace. And I know that we're going to talk about this now, but there has been there was a Zoom call last week between you know, the vast majority of running backs in the league. I think something needs to give here because I feel long-term, frankly, it's my favourite position to watch. I feel that the position could genuinely be a serious threat if this continues. 
it's extremely interesting um, to get your bingo cards now because it's going to be one for the rest of the year. I read a few books during the offseason. <laughs> and yeah. one of them was... What? I, see, I, I know I'm going to reference it back because I read a few books this year and one of them was Mike Florio's book, um, Playmakers. So it's kind of like he writes thousand word essays on a ton of different topics. And he was talking about our weird relationship with contracts and players. When a player signs a contract, we say, oh, he got the bag. And, you know, everyone's commenting on the millions. And, oh, they every fan has an opinion. Was it a good deal? Was it a bad deal? Was it too good for the team and all this? When a player holds out to get one of those contracts that we so love to see them apparently sign because we were all always signed. I know for the Cardinals, it's Buda Baker. Give the man another contract and all this. When a certain player holds out for that contract, it's kind of like we talk about like get back on the field and that goes back to the Le'Veon Bell you know when Le'Veon Bell sat out that year everyone was like you're crazy I need you on my fantasy team I drafted you all this kind of nonsense that we have this strange relationship that it kind of takes the fans to get behind the whole movement we're not invested in it because these guys are getting millions and millions and millions but yeah. the thing that's happened with the running back is it seems that no one can be in control I mean that uh, meeting that took place recently was Austin Eckler, Christian McCaffrey, Nick Chubb, Saquon Barkley, Josh Jones, Larry Kennedy, the biggest names in the NFL. I mentioned Ezekiel Elliott because I knew he was coming up because once upon a time because of the star that he has in his helmet, he would have been one of the stars, but it's obviously like the position is devalued and again, maybe he was overvalued for a while, but like it goes back to 2018 when he held out for his contract and bands like, oh, is he actually going to come back for the season because at the end of the day, what's important is me as a fan, I want my t- team to be best off but when you talk about that list that I just ran through it's so funny because Saquon Barkley and Josh Jacobs are on the team or sorry on the call and it's like their teams aren't valuing them because they won't give them a contract and it looks like again it is difficult to talk about this topic beforehand because it is so like they're not going to do nothing it seems that they are saying like how can we make a massive stand so I do think a massive stand is coming maybe it's already happened by the time this podcast has come out but it's like what exactly can they do because they are doing it for themselves like Saquon Barkley and Josh Jones are like crap if we'd done this last year we really thought that we were going to get our work and worth I mean Josh Jacobs literally could not have played any better I think he won the offensive player of the year right but it was definitely that like he completely bulldozed everyone else although Derrick Henry obviously missed some weeks and then Saquon Barkley as well when we saw him in London people were chanting MVP because he was playing so well at the time so those guys couldn't have played any better in a contract year and for every other position of course that means that you sign a long sign a long term contract it's not happening for them now and the murmurings and I think this is where the NFL is going to get annoyed and this is ultimately what could do it is that now podcasts are asking guys what would you do differently and they're saying I'm encouraging anyone that's a running back that doesn't have the size to be any bigger go play safety because at the running back at the moment you need to be able to catch the ball and all that it's the same and it's like these guys are freak athletes anyway they play anywhere on the pitch given their like as long as the position on the field suits their size and all of a sudden there's going to be no running backs coming through in the draft and I mean that's also the thing the whole thing is cyclical when they don't value the running back then there'll be no running backs coming through and then all of a sudden it'll be harder to hit on the running backs and then the guys will get paid but that's 10 years down the line I think I think it's bad on. Like you know, you you look at talking about Saquon there. Before Saquon came back last year, you would have been you would not you know, you you would be forgiven for having a viewpoint a couple of years ago where I certainly thought that he'd never be able to come back into New York and you know get to the performance level he was at previously. Never mind the fact that 
you know, Christian McCaffrey, when he was traded to the Niners, hell of a player in Carolina. But it feels like with that offense and the way that he gelled, he's went to that next level. And I think any neutral fan would have been aiming or looking for him to go all the way and win a ring towards the end last year. Because I certainly thought McCaffrey is sensational. Austin Eckler brings a real diverse level to that Chargers offense. And for me, it's just it's very frustrating to see a league where you have Daniel Jones being paid $160 million minimum. I think it's inexcusable. And I think for, you know, certain articles, which came out because I wrote an article on this last week for an outlet, basically talking about Barkley, say, oh, well, oh, well, we'll say Cole was offered up to $18.9 million guaranteed in week seven last season. And what? He done way more from them. Look at that game in Minnesota in, in the playoffs. Like, for Joe Sheehan to sit there and say, don't worry, we've got you, trust us, is shameful. And there has to come a point where there is a an, an understanding from both the player side, the team side, and enough of this rubbish of, oh, hold on, we'll wait here and see, see the crack. Now, it's different for a different position, such as Justin Herbert, who wants to get paid, but understands that if he just shows up this year, does his job, he'll get a massive pay down the line. For these guys, you know, this is this is their livelihoods. Like, they could have, what, what, like, and this goes for any player, but for especially the running back position, what injury you could be done because you could two or three other guys highly skilled behind you. I just don't see how this could be rectified. I guess in the sake one thing, I'll throw my eggs in one basket and hope that nothing changes over the next seven to ten days in terms of pre-recording this, but I just don't see a situation where we're sitting at the end of August and... You know, I, I feel Saquon will will show up a week before the season starts. And, you know, how, how does that help anybody? Because outside of Daniel Jones, as I said previously, Saquon is the guy. They need that team to gel together in a conference that has not drastically improved. The Giants could still make major moves this offseason, even if I feel they have not got the right guy under center. And it, it's just, it's frustrating. I think it's going to limit fans choice in terms of watching the game in the future if the, if the position does go down but if you're an 8 to 16 year old in the states especially male learning to play the game and you're watching that you, you don't want to be a running back you want to be a wide receiver tight end or quarterback or a defensive player because you're not going to get paid at the end of the day and that's the major issue yeah, like the only thing is they're going to have to completely rip up the contract well how things are done really and wide receivers, obviously, there's massive incentives put into their contracts. If they get a thousand yard receiver, you know, it's, that could be worth a million for a certain guy. Or, you know, if uh, uh, Devontae Adams has gone to the Pro Bowl, he gets massive. And it's like these guys need to make it. And it's because the teams have all the control that they're going to have to say, uh, to- like, touch incentives. And then the teams are going to really have to, you know, realize, like, it, that would not be a t- team friendly way to write up a contract. Then all of a sudden, they're going to see their worth because is there going to be pressure put on the coaches being like, well, you're going to have to average out at only 20 touches a game for this guy because otherwise if you start touching on 25, then he's going to get the massive money. But then the guy equally would be like, well, yeah, because if you give me only 20 touches a game versus 25 touches a game, I can get an extra two years at a very high level. It always comes back to, oh, well, Saquon Barkley has had injuries and inconsistency. Um, Out of two of the four years of Josh Jacobs has been in the league you know he hasn't been as good as he but it's like you have to be like in his rookie year he was class last year he was class 
2020 and 21, he wasn't insane, but he was still a very good player. But you could also say the Raiders weren't insane. So it's like, it's a completely, they're stacked against them. The good side has never looked at them for the running backs. It's always a glass half empty approach with them. Like this guy could get injured. This guy could maybe not go back to a thousand. But the whole, um, the most interesting part of it this year is definitely that your Dalvin Cook has been released. Your Ezekiel Elliott, even though all the fans in Dallas would have called for last year, Ezekiel Elliott was gone and they opted to go with Tony Pollard because Tony Pollard has more thread in the tires. Absolutely, even though I, I was, I made a graphic in November last year saying Tony Pollard is definitely the guy to go with. He is higher yard per carry. But then it's also the kind of like the Joe Mixon. Like Joe Mixon was borderline going to get released and he took the pay cut because he's like, well, no one else is going to give me even the pay cut money if I go anywhere else because I can see who else is on the free agency market. At least I can stay in Cincinnati and hopefully go for a ring. So they all know that. And these are the superstar names. That's the funny thing as well. These are the guys in fantasy football and those drafts are going to be coming up now are going to be coming off the board so early because, you know, they get those amount of touches. They get it, whether it's the red zone or they go off for a big long yard. Like, these are the guys that have superpowers in them. But then the GMs will all turn to Le'Veon Bell, Todd Gurley, and David Johnson say those guys within two or three years of signing a massive contract were out of the league, never be heard of again. It's, it is a difficult position to be in, but, like, that's what I'm saying. Just go for a paid-per-touch a per touch but you know certain incentives can fix it and that's what I'd, I'd imagine that was said in the Zoom call there whenever it was a week or two ago that's what the players were saying needs to happen for them Big Zeke was not invited to him he must he must not have got the email he must be sitting in the spam box uh, folks let us know your opinion especially if you're watching on YouTube let us know in the comments um, NFL Ireland or search Pro Football Ireland on YouTube and um, please let us know uh, appreciate everyone listening and watching to the show it means beyond a lot to us thank you so much let's wrap up this podcast with this point mark last week training camp started for the Niners in Santa Clara um, I feel like we're going to fall out over this conversation uh, I'm joking Brock Purdy Trey Lance I have seen certain writers over the last six months oh, okay I'll be fair over the last three months mark that have said the time is up for Trey Lance in San Francisco and these were the same guys that were writing stories 12 months ago about how this is the year of Trey Lance are they getting paid by the by, by the letter are they getting paid by the word I, I feel sometimes this league can be quick to bring people down if you look at how Trey Lance came out of college how high he was drafted and how much fans were looking forward to him to play in San Francisco last year I think he deserves an opportunity to play in this league. But I'm starting to, and I did not have this opinion a month ago, I am starting to think that Trey Lance deserves an opportunity to, if not start for the Niners, he should be in certain situations on the field where he has that option or that ability to impress this team. I don't think Shanahan should close the door on him. What do you think? I think that's going against Trey Lance and I, I cannot believe that it's still relevant that a podcast that I was on three years ago with Dave Perkett from the Detroit Free Press when it was looking like they could get Trey Lance this is the year that Jared Goff first went to Detroit that they thought that they could get him whatever it was they're sitting 11th in the draft obviously what happened happened when the 49ers came up and to this day we don't know who they really who called Shannon 
really wanted when they came up but it was apparently said last minute to get Trey Lance and Dave Raquette he was like yeah I think that the Lions could get him because at the end of the day he'd sat out 2020 because of COVID or whatever he'd played 16 games in 2019 and he played two games in 2018 that he'd appeared in or something like that so since 2020 then he played what a handful of games in 2021 he played two games he started two games for the 49ers in 21 and he started two games last year so the problem with him is and you know it's one of the things that we talked about Deshaun Watson Deshaun Watson took two years off football and he was very rusty last year. Trey Lance has had one career in the last five years has had one season of football, one actual season of football. We don't, we have no idea if he can play anymore. Like that is so little. So in, if we, if I do some quick maths, that's less than 30 games in the last five years. It's like you're probably, Jake Cutler probably has as many games. Well, he was starting five years ago that's now out of the league. Like that's, the knock on Trey Lance so it could be that he's a good quarterback but there's absolutely some rustiness there I'm not against Trey Lance when it comes to the whole argument I just leave Brock Purdy in because something that we talked about recently was it on last week's podcast or Monday's podcast about when you find a quarterback that suits the head coach bingo and that is exactly like there's no messing with Brock Purdy but it's Kyle Shannon it's, it's the funniest thing with Kyle Shannon if you listen back to a podcast from three years ago, if you listen to me talking to Dave Burkett and then whatever I talked about next week, we would have been like, call Shanahan, this is the year he has to prove. He keeps on having an injury at quarterback or, you know, the roster's completely depleted, you know, like they just about got Jimmy Garoppolo in there for a while and like, you know, how he was so good with him. And call Shanahan for years, we were every single year, it's like, is he going to do this? Is he going to do this? And last year, they absolutely did it. And there's no doubt that call Shanahan is an absolute insane offensive mind probably the best in the league at the moment up there with Andy Reid certainly I think I'd put Kyle Shannon ahead of him that he, it's in terms of ingenuity and in terms of long term how long this can keep on going for obviously they're neck and neck really with Andy Reid but that's Brock Purdy just works for him he can slot him in and that's the like not to go completely off the point but with Jimmy Garoppolo this year with the Raiders that's where they're kind of like you have a lot of work to do like Jimmy Garoppolo was very solid because he worked exactly like Brock Purdy does that he can just plug and play. I think that maybe in a few weeks in the season will maybe come down on the whole storyline of the Brock Purdy and maybe he just will be seen as that guy that just is very efficient, a bit like a Kirk Cousins that no one you know, is pounding the table for him outside of the fan base. But it's kind of like, well, look, he does the job. He's able to make throws, et cetera, et cetera. I think that's why I put Brock Purdy in because he did it so consistently and in massive moments. And in terms of trade ants, we just, there's no guarantee with it. And, you know, it's going to be a very bitter pill to swallow. That's, it's it's a crazy good upside. And that's why we asked Mina Kimes about that, what, three weeks ago. I asked her, what's the worst case scenario? And now, I absolutely love Mina. She definitely took it in. She said, oh, whatever about the worst case. What, this is the best case that could happen. I was like, no, I really wanted to hear what someone like she thought worst case is. Because for me, worst case is that, Sam Darnold is no good that Trey Lance is way too rusty and like I said Brock Purdy just becomes a guy that works perfectly in the system I think that's worst case scenario can he can he go below that can he become like you know like a Mike Glennon kind of just like one of those names that kind of you know even like a Nick Foles Nick Foles was perfect in Philadelphia absolutely perfect under Doug Peterson 
But then when he signs a massive contract with the Jags, it doesn't work. When he goes to the Colts, it's about, it doesn't work. So, I mean, maybe that's where, or did, he didn't go to the Colts, did he? He went to, so anyway, but they, I think he... Nick Foles? Think, Nick Foles. Nick Foles? No, it was Carson Wentz, my bad. Yeah, exactly. So that's the whole thing that I'm saying, that Brock Purdy is very like Nick Foles, but as long as he gets to stay with Kyle Shannon, maybe the worst case scenario is that he just like is perfect for the offense. I guess for me to write it up, it's it's all about that window. And the Niners in that conference, which is lacking, frankly, it, it's fair enough to say that to people now. The Niners have got a serious window now and on both sides of the ball. They've got some unbelievable talent. And you know when Shanahan's coming out of the start training camp and talking about, well, I've got options here. You've got Brock Purdy, who he hopes to have in week one, time to see what's, you know, it'll, it'll see what happens in time, if he be there week one or not. The biggest question for me is, and we'll look at this down the stretch mark in a different podcast, but if we get to week one and Purdy isn't ready, who's going to be QB1? That's the biggest question for me. Is it going to be Sam Darnold or is it going to be Trey Lance? And I, I think it's been, I think there has been lazy journalism this season with Sam Darnold. And I think there's been lazy journalism with, with Trey Lance and I, I think people are, are right to call it out. Um, but let us know what you think, folks, in the comments. Pro Football Ireland on YouTube. Or you can get us at all social media outlets at LFL Ireland. Mark, I will see you in Belfastia very soon. I've enjoyed this Mark's Madness thing, though. This could be a weekly topic. Are we doing <laughs> Are we doing the Hard Knocks podcast next week or not? I think we can keep going. There's so much more content that, um, and it's, again, it's look, they were ideas that I had, but it's their ideas that I think we're able to go to town on because it's kind of one of those things that I'm invested in and I'm passionate about. That's why I spent a couple of hours making a graphic for them because there's those kind of under the radar stories is why I was trying to make graphics out of them because I love when we put out a graphic and we're able to give it an L quote to you come November and be like, yeah, you should have paid attention because we talked about it and the listeners had the, this knowledge back in uh, August. Boom shakalaka. Folks, NFL Ireland on all social media channels. See you in Belfast at the end of the month. Links in bio. Talk to you soon. Go be logging. <laughs>